Winnipeg Jets fans, a not very fun offseason continues to get worse for Winnipeg as the number one head coaching candidate is now off the, the board and he is not going to be signing with any team as it is. Uh, the Jets have been turned down and we're going to talk about what this means for the Jets and why Barry Trotz is not going to be signing here. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Winnipeg's Jets fans. Thank you for joining us on Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, uh, the the bad news train is continuing to roll for the Jets. Obviously, over the past couple of hours, uh, you know, one of the biggest announcements that Winnipeg was kind of waiting for has broken, and it's it's uh, oh, it's a bit of a tough a tough pill to swallow, I would say. Um, I think some of us were probably worried. It might be the situation that Barry Trotz wasn't going to be signing with the Jets, and unfortunately, that has come to pass. I will say that I thought Winnipeg really had a great shot at bringing him in. I thought that among the competitors out there, he was uh, kind of favoring the Jets over a lot of the alternatives. And I think from the sounds of it, Winnipeg's case, uh, at least from Trotz's perspective, was good. But you know, whatever the situation was, Trotz said that he wanted to focus on his family and uh, apparently the offer just wasn't really enough to sway him to come to Winnipeg. So, um, yeah, obviously this has some pretty serious ramifications for the team. The first is that, uh, you know, suddenly the coaching pool is going to be pretty narrow. We're looking at a couple of different candidates right now. Scott Arneal is still, I think, pretty high up on the list. Um, Jim Montgomery is also up there. I guess Rick Tockett is maybe a consideration. Uh, I, I don't really know how likely it is that the Jets would even consider him. Um, <clears throat> technically, Randy Carlisle is out there, I guess. Uh, Lord knows that I probably would prefer to stay away from this decision, if if, if at all possible. Um, and I'm sure, like, you know, Mark Morrison and Pascal Vincent remain candidates. And, you know, you look at this list and you're kind of realizing a couple of key things. The first is that, aside from, like, Jim Montgomery, maybe Claude Julian, if he was being considered, there aren't that many coaches that are quite honestly capable of taking what the Jets have right now and making the postseason. It would have been a lot even for Trotz to do that. I, I think it would have been uh, a really big challenge, uh, even with some reinforcements. It's extremely difficult, especially without them. So looking at this team and the coaching options out there, I guess if your intention is to make the postseason, which Trotz said, you know, the Jets have a really strong commitment to winning based on their pitch, then I guess you go with Montgomery. Uh, Jim is probably the, I would say, most offensively progressive option here. Uh, certainly somebody with some really good veteran NHL coaching experience. 
He led a pretty strong Stars team before, uh, of course, substance abuse, unfortunately, became the prevailing uh, issue with his, his coaching tenure. And so if he comes to Winnipeg, I, I don't really know how that would actually go. I think that he would do a pretty good job with the team itself. It does seem like he trusts a lot of the kids. You know, Miro Heiskanen got tons of deployments. Uh, Rope Hintz also got a lot of ice time. And so in that respect, I think Montgomery might actually fit uh, the Jets a lot better because you look at the, you know, the Winnipeg roster right now um, and the current lineups, and you sort of start to realize that the youth haven't really been tapped as much. Uh, a lot of veteran deployments out there, Stastny, Wheeler, Shifley, those guys tend to get a lot, of, a lot of ice time. And while that is sometimes a really good thing in the case of guys who are uh, on, on the level of somebody like Shifley or Ehlers and, you know, Stastny maybe a couple of years ago too, um, even now still very productive. It does also mean that, unfortunately, a lot of these star young players that should be getting ice time, especially guys like Billy Heinola, haven't really been allowed to grow with this organization. And so if Montgomery comes in, I could see that actually being a huge benefit for the Jets. You know, we haven't really had a coach that's good at developing young talent. And the only time that the young talent has been allowed to blossom is usually due to like injuries. And even then, you know, they'll string together a couple of really good games and then probably get benched after that. So, yeah, not really an ideal situation uh, that that we're dealing with here. But if you're looking at those options, Montgomery probably makes the most sense. Scott Arneal, I have no idea what that would even begin to look like. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people saying that Arneal wasn't particularly liked by the Columbus locker room. I don't know what happened between Arneal and the rest of the players. I can only speculate that there was some sort of a row during uh, some of their weaker performances out there. Uh, whatever the situation is, if Arneal walks into Winnipeg, he's already got a really bad locker room to deal with. Um, of course, this is assuming that everyone returns next year, which we know for a fact that's just not going to be the, be the case, most likely. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I look at the situation and I feel like you basically have to think of it as Montgomery or bust now. And if it's bust, then start thinking about a coach for the future rather than somebody for the present, because you only have two seasons as a as an organization that feels it can contend. Um, I don't know what Winnipeg's thought process is, but given the circumstances and looking at the contract situations, again, I still feel like it's a hard deadline of two years, and that would have been stretching it for for playoff competitiveness. Uh, saying the team would be playoff capable is more like they can make the postseason. Uh, whether or not they're actually going to be capable of advancing more than a round or two, I would say is something I didn't put a lot of stock into. So. <sighs> yeah, long and short of it is Trotz uh, walking away from the Jets is is maybe suboptimal if you're looking for playoff performances, but in just a little bit, I'm going to talk about why I feel maybe this was the best and most helpful long-term option for the Jets because you're looking at this team and you're starting to realize there's not as much to work with here as we thought. We'll talk about how the Jets sort of process this and what they do next coming right up in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our wonderful partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest developments, league reviews, news, and more from Stanley Cup Finals to MLB baseball scores. No matter the sport you're into, they've probably got it on hand. I've even seen uh, German Bundesliga football on there, F1, IndyCar, NASCAR, horse racing, tennis. I mean, they, they really have every base covered. And if you're not into sports, no problem. 
They've also got Vegas casino games so that all users are satisfied and can find something they love. They are your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and so much more. They also remain the best spot for all the sports scores, podcasts, and news you need throughout the season, so you'll always make the most informed bets possible. Getting started really couldn't be easier. Just go to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device to register for a free account right now because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this uh, episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. A little bit of a, uh, a disappointing one, if I'm being honest. I was uh, I was hoping that the Barry Trotz announcement would be this week, and it, you know, we actually did get an announcement. It's just not the one that any of us were hoping for. Like I said at the start of the episode, um, Trotz is not going to be signing with the Jets. He said he wants to focus on his family, and that now means that Winnipeg is kind of scrambling for second inter- interviews and stuff. In just a moment, I do want to talk about why uh, I, I think that ultimately this might be best for the organization as a whole. But before we go any further, just wanted to say thanks again so much for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now, as for Winnipeg and Barry Trotz and how the organization deals with the ramifications of him not signing here and taking a year off of coaching, I basically see the Jets as having no choice but to rebuild. I hate to say it, but I, I feel like unless you got Trotz, who would come with a really big expensive supporting staff and probably would want to make some changes to the roster, suddenly any other coaching solution is going to be a lot more limited. And my guess is not really good enough to carry the Jets to a postseason spot. So rather than trying to force something that's not really likely, you know, we already got the news that uh, Wheeler and Pierre-Luc Dubois both probably want to leave. I, I just feel like it's time to tear it down. You know, the Jets have been mediocre for years. We've spent nearly a decade watching a team that, you know, a couple of years gave us some really fun playoff runs. 2014-15 was that first delicious taste of, of you know, greatness, even though it was very brief. You know, that team, it was hardworking. It embodied the gritty work ethic that people love with hockey. The Jets were actually borderline elite at controlling play, defensively sound, and they were just a fun team. Fast forward to 2017-2018, and that was maybe one of the best teams I've ever seen. That Jets team had everything, and ever since then, Winnipeg has always chased trying to somehow match up to that without spending any real resources to get back to that point. So, you know, we've wasted a lot of years of of prime Jets player uh, performances, and I feel like there's not really a choice now if Trotz is gone. Winnipeg kind of has to do the rebuild. And I think that that's okay. The reason I would say this is the choice now is because, like I said, the window is two years and a a couple of Jets players on this team right now have very favorable contracts for trading. Shifley is on two years. Um, There's a couple of other guys who only have a couple of seasons left. I think Hellebuck also has two years or something. So if you're the Jets and you could even stomach retaining salary, you could make a massive haul at the trade deadline or even during the summer on a number of these players. I I hate to be the pragmatist here, but I think the Jets need to get as much as they possibly can because they're going to be starting from scratch here with only a couple of active players that are going to be part of the future core. Ehlers, I think, is somebody that you really don't want to trade. Um, Kyle Connor, I, I think, is kind of a luxury player. I love him a lot, but I also kind of see a scenario where his finishing talent is truly magnificent and he's, and he's kind of at the age where at some point in the near future, you probably would see 
maybe a little bit of a downturn in some of his form. And so, you know, the next couple of years, it's like he's going to be a great goal scorer for you, but that's not necessarily the most important thing if you're starting to tear it down. And so contract wise, I think you could actually be moved for a pretty big return. He's got decent control left, I think a few years. And, you know, goal scoring in this league is definitely at a premium. It was up this year, but you're talking about one of the top five or 10 goal scorers last season. So I feel like players like him can probably be let go. Uh, going down the list, of course, Wheeler ha- probably has to go. Uh, Neil Pionk, I think, is another player who probably should be traded. I I like him, and I think that he's a fun guy, but you know, this past season was kind of a disaster. And if this is what he's going to be going forward, then the Jets really can't afford to keep him around for too much longer. I think you sort of have to maybe eat the cost of it and, and realize that things didn't quite pan out as you expected with him. After that great season, he's just kind of struggled in the following year, and he's not a cheap player. I mean, he's like, what, five and a half million or so? Given all that, you know, it it might make sense for him to have a change of scenery and get a chance to improve his performance elsewhere. Thinking all of that and taking all of that into account, you know, the Jets are going to get a lot younger a lot faster, and I guess next season, if they do rebuild, you're going to have a lot of random players coming in probably uh, some dead com- contracts here and there, maybe some players who are slowly finishing out their deals, uh, but aren't really bringing a lot of actual NHL value to the plate. That's all right. You know, bring in a coach who's also going to be on the younger side, maybe somebody who can handle developing some of the younger players, not necessarily somebody who's focused uh, very closely on winning that winning coach you want once you've got an actual core together. But in the meantime, Tanking and kind of going for players like Bedard in the draft is certainly the the better outcome here because, um, you know, the the Jets have tried to build through fringe options, making some side deals, signing some cheap cheap free agents. But let's be real, the only way Winnipeg is going to massively turn this this core over is by drafting somebody really special, and that's where I think Winnipeg is going to have to start. It's how Colorado has gotten to the point where they are. Same with Tampa Bay, and I think the Jets really need to do the same. But uh, coming up in just a little bit, we'll talk about, you know, what the Jets do from here. I mean, aside from just trading players and maybe signing a coach, you know, what is the long-term strategy for this organization? And should the, the front office be shaken up as a result? All of this we'll talk about just after the break. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we are... <laughs> trying to deal with the ramifications of Winnipeg not getting Barry Trotz. And obviously it's been a little bit of a complicated situation for the Jets. Uh, the coaching pool is of course a little bit limited and it does open the door for Winnipeg to maybe be a little bit more unconventional in how it approaches this off season. We've, you know, discussed guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois, Blake Wheeler, um, <clears throat> Kyle Connor, uh, getting traded, same with Neil Pionk. I would definitely be listening to offers on Mark Shifley as well. All of these guys, including Hellebuck, you know, they've only got a couple of years left. And this is kind of the peak value for them. Long term, I think the Jets need to refocus on on how they build their roster. You know, the recent returns have seen the team get really slow, really struggle with defensive awareness, uh, struggle with offensive zone aggression. And I think the Jets could retool the back end to be a lot faster and more aggressive. I think you need to prioritize Uh, Stuff like passing, vision, spatial awareness, and, well, really good speed. I think that that is something that the Jets have lacked 
uh, that that end-to-end rush speed is something that Winnipeg could really take advantage of, and it's how you can create a lot of offensive pressure and create successive waves. If your opponent is constantly chasing you, you know, that tires them out. It allows the Jets to stretch play, and something like a really fast countering system might work a lot better for Winnipeg in the long term. Um, as, as far as the organization is concerned, I, I'm really not attached to anyone in particular. I would be fine with somebody else taking over the reins as GM. I do think that Chevy is probably here to stay. I guess the one encouraging thing you could say is that he does want to be uh, including guys like Heinola and Perfetti in this team's very near future more frequently than we've seen in the past year or two. And for the Jets, that can only be a positive thing. I think if Winnipeg continues to fold in the youth and make them a priority, I think this team is going to get back to what made it great a couple of years ago. Winnipeg's commitment to youth was really part of the primary driver of a lot of its success. And the moment the Jets stopped doing that after 2017-2018 is when you started to see the collapse. Everything after that Vegas series started to really decline rapidly, and it just felt like the Jets stagnated and got complacent. And ultimately, that just wasn't good enough. All these other teams out there that continue to be playoff performers that are you know, gunning for cups, they all do significant changes to the roster. They make a lot of moves. They get aggressive in the trade market. And look, I get it. It's Winnipeg. Not many people want to go up there. But I think you can be at least a little bit more ambitious and show some real resolve to try and fix some of the key problems with your team rather than signing three or four you know, seventh defenders and calling it a day. I can see trying to fortify your depth that way, but you get what you pay for, and that's not really enough value to compensate what the Jets have lost every time they've had a major playoff run. So going forward, I feel like the Jets need to replenish those those prospect cupboards, look for that high-end elite skill, prioritize scoring and, and playmaking ability, and especially what they like to call hockey sense. I think the Jets could do with um, a real increase in the on-ice IQ uh, and and really focus on making the Jets faster and more skilled the way that Colorado is. I think the Avs are a perfect template for how Winnipeg should start to construct a team. And eventually, I think the Jets can actually accomplish this if they're patient and smart with how they draft. But again, they're going to have to overall overhaul the back end. I think the pro scouting really needs to be reevaluated. Um, the prospect scouting, I don't know, is really that much of an issue. I think that they've done a good job of identifying really good players at most of the areas where they've picked. It's just getting those guys into the NHL that remains one of the biggest problems. And so, you know, focus your hires on on future stuff, make them a lot better with developing young players, and actually follow the process of draft and develop. I think the Jets got away from that. They drafted, but they just didn't really develop. And so, you know, Winnipeg has stagnated as a result and doesn't really have a lot of ELCs that have provided provided good value to the team. Um, but... <sighs> Yeah, these are uncertain waters for the Jets, and I think, um, you know, the the historical record for Winnipeg isn't very positive. I got to be honest, I'm not getting my hopes up right now, and uh, everything kind of feels like it's on fire. So, I'd be curious to know how you feel about all of this. Be sure to let me know at H Living Loco and at Hello underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter and in the YouTube comments below. Comment your your feelings. What do you think the Jets should do now? Should they try to be competitive? Do you think that they should actually rebuild instead? Uh, now that Trotz is gone, uh, who would you rather see take over the team? I, I feel like I'm kind of a little bit at a, at a bit of a loss. I mean, I, I really thought Trotz was the guy, but obviously that didn't pan out. So, uh, yeah, we're heading into a very big weekend. I'm sure we'll see if the Jets have any crazy announcements for us. 
I'm sure we'll start to see more rumors about head coaching candidates. And if Winnipeg somehow uh, hires one, I'll do an announcement over the weekend. But until then, you know, we're going to keep doing some research, check out some prospects and hopefully try and uh, distract ourselves from the crushing realities of current Winnipeg Jets hockey. But <laughs> thanks so much for sitting with us and listening to tonight's episode of Locked on Jets. I uh, appreciate you making us your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, be sure to make Locked On NHL your second listen. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.